Hawks could not find the bottom of the net in Brooklyn and get blown out 124 to 97. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go! Mikey, what an absolute bummer this game was. The Hawks coming off a two-game win streak. Going out to Brooklyn for a struggling Brooklyn Nets team that only managed to put up 81 points in their last game, and the Hawks completely got blown out. I mean, the the offense wasn't going. The defense looked putrid at times. It was a really, really rough night for the Hawks. Yeah, it definitely was. And they got off to a really bad start. Get, got behind the eight ball pretty quickly. The Nets got hot from three-point land. And really, it was throughout the entire night. The Nets shot it well from three. They got into the paint pretty easily. Uh, I thought throughout the entire night, the ball containment for the Hawks was was pretty pretty putrid, honestly. And f- for the offense, uh, while DeJounte Murray had a pretty good night offensively, it just felt like if he wasn't hitting tough shots, there wasn't much flow to it. And it, it, it just... It overall, just this wasn't uh, exactly consistent throughout the game. Um, eight for twenty-eight, the Hawks shot on, uh, from downtown versus twenty-two of forty-six for the Nets. That tells you the game right there. Uh, only taking and it was only twenty-eight of twenty-four before garbage time uh, for the Hawks compared to forty-six. That's just not going to win you a game in today's NBA uh, for the most part. And then thirty assists to 18 assists for the Nets in, in favor of Brooklyn there. that That's not going to get it done either. So re- really defensively, the, uh, uh, the Hawks couldn't guard the three ball. And then offensively, they didn't, they couldn't move the ball side to side a lot and, and find easy shots. Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up and see if you really noticed that too. It seemed like the ball was just sticking to one side of the floor. Everything was kind of a two-man pick and roll and seeing if you can get downhill and find something for the Hawks. And it, you didn't see many skip passes. You didn't see many back, back screens. Uh, it was just, man, it was rough on the offensive side for the Hawks. But one thing I wanted to bring up um, before we get it, you know, get into the more deep part into this game, the Hawks finally made a decision on Trent Forrest. Um, so Trey Forrest is now on an NBA contract, uh, which is the league minimum until the end of the season, which after that, he will become a free agent. The coinciding move for the Hawks was to waive Patty Mills. Um, what, what was your overall thoughts on this? I felt like it, it took the Hawks a while to decide this. Yeah, yeah, it definitely took. Uh, longer than I thought it would. Uh, but overall, I think it is, is a pretty good move. I don't know how much Trent is going to play. As we saw tonight, he was in the rotation. He was active, uh, but we only got garbage time minutes. And Kobe played over him tonight, of course. But 
Uh, as far as a one-for-one -one move, if you look at just the perspective of Trent Forrest versus Patty Mills, Trent Forrest is probably the better player. Uh, I think he also just helps the Hawks in the more area of need, which is defense. So it, I think I think this was the the quote unquote right move if you want if you want to call it that for Atlanta. One thing that I love to see is Muhammad Gay makes his G League debut with College Park after coming back off a stretch stress fracture in his back. Um, man, he looked really good. Um, I was just gonna go over his stat line real quick. Uh, he had. 10 points, two steals, four rebounds. I mean, 15 minutes. That you know, and looking at the clips of the game, him attacking the rim off the dribble, him bringing up the ball, that's another factor that the Hawks if they can figure out how to get Mo ready for the NBA, he's going to be a problem. Yeah, I really like how he ran the floor, especially with the ball in his hands. Uh, he just looked he just looked comfortable, especially in transition. Kind of reminded me of Jalen Johnson, honestly, uh, in transition there. And the way he was able to kind of uh, move those feet uh, with some – he had some smooth footwork there uh, in the paint. He had a, had a good Euro step there uh, to get a layup too. Like, uh, I, was, I was impressed with how smoothly he was moving uh, across the court on both ends. So looking forward to hopefully getting him – into the rotation, uh, probably not this season, but definitely at the start of next season, I think he can carve himself out a pretty good role if he stays on this level of uh, progression. All right. Well, let's go into this one. Uh, this one's going to be a, a rough one to get through, but let's get through it. So going into the first, Brooklyn hits two tough threes late in the clock um, for a 6-2 lead. The Hawks. I felt like, and you said it before we started recording, the Hawks played really good defense probably those first three possessions where Brooklyn took some really, really risky shots. I mean, they did fall, but I, I felt like maybe um, that deflated the Hawks a little bit defensively is, you know, and we've seen it all the time. You play good defense and sometimes the ball just finds the net. Uh, and that's the way it did on these. Yeah, I thought the first three exactly were were good defensive possessions from the Hawks. They got the shot clock down pretty pretty late, especially on the first two. Um, but you know, they the Nets hit three threes. They started four four from deep, and the Hawks were already down twelve to four early. Cam Johnson had three out of the four of those threes, and for Atlanta, just the offense was stagnant. Uh, ball movement was was really slow. They started two of eight uh, from the field, and the Nets actually stretched it out on another 6-0 run after that to 18-4 to and started five of seven from deep. I mean, this Nets team takes a lot of threes. They have a lot of three-point shooters. And with the Hawks, without Trey Young, they were in danger here straight from the get-go because that three-point volume without him is just going to be low. And with the Nets taking a lot and making a lot, it was going to be a tough hill to climb. Cam Johnson, we talked about him being in that DeAndre Hunter class. Um, man, he was unconscious in this game. Mm -hmm. Like, he just shot the ball phenomenally. And 
It, it stinks for the Hawks because, of course, Brooklyn has probably one of their best three-point shooting nights uh, of of their season, of course, when the Hawks come into town. And Cam Johnson has been averaging, I want to say it's 10 points over the last seven games. And he had nine points in probably the first six minutes of this game. It's crazy. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Claxton actually had a flagrant run on Sadiq Bay uh, when he drove to the rim. It could have it could have been close to a flagrant too. I mean, he got he got bopped in the head. It, it looked pretty unnecessarily, uh, unnecessary. It wasn't a play on the ball really. Uh, but, you know, those flagrant twos are, are, are fairly rare. So I wasn't shocked, but it, it, pro- it probably crossed the ref's minds a little bit uh, if, if it was me. Um, but after that, uh, Atlanta still didn't score for, for around four minutes uh, until DeJounte got the switch on Nick Claxton. Uh, he kind of put up a midi there, his patented shot to make it uh, to, to, to establish a little flow there for the Hawks. But it was short lived. The, t- the Nets go right back on a 10-0 run to counter. Yeah, and, and something the Hawks are having trouble with doing with the the Nets was switching. And at this point, it's 32-14. Capella had one of the craziest possessions uh, of the year. So there's a fast break coming down the floor. Um, I forgot what I think is DeJounte finds Capella uh, and dumps it off to him. And he has DeAndre cutting across the floor towards the rim and he sails it into the fourth row. I, I just, man, um, I know it's hard to give this center of the ball and expect him to make that pass, but that, that was just an easy just drop off. Like he could have just dropped it off at the rim, and DeAndre would have been there to finish it. Uh, that that one possession really frustrated me. Yeah, that was a rough one for sure. Not not one of Capella's brightest moments in today's game. What what? With I thought he played pretty well defensively, but offensively, it was that was not one of his better moments. Uh, Cam Johnson to put more hurt on the Hawks and ended the frame with a dunk uh, to go. That he put the Nets up thirty-two to sixteen after one quarter. This was a season-low scoring total for the Hawks, 16 points. They were 6 of 25 from the field with five turnovers. Yikes. Only shot two threes the whole first quarter. Yeah, that's two threes. That's that's crazy. And obviously, we've talked about the lower three-point volume in general without Trey Young. But shooting two threes, especially against a team that's going to put up a ton of threes, and they're making them, that's just not going to cut it. You had guys like Dennis Schroeder. You had guys like Dennis Smith Jr. later in the game. You had Cam Johnson going off from deep. Like, if the Hawks are only shooting two threes in a whole quarter, when you're you're never going to be able to catch up. Like, it's they're going to fly away from you in the, in the points just because – you know, threes beat twos, and if you're missing your twos as well, they're just creating more and more separation. Yeah. As we move on to the second quarter, we saw some Wesley Matthews minutes. And that's it's certainly been been a while since we've seen Wes enter the rotation, but he was good. And the Hawks actually went on a 9-0 run right when he got out of the game. He hit a three, and then Kobe Bufkin hit a three right after that. They cut the lead to 10, 39 to 29. 
Uh, and there, there was the first little bit of momentum here from the Hawks. And unsurprisingly, it was with Jalen Johnson at center. You had Jalen Johnson at center, but also you had Kobe Bufkin and Wes playing the perimeter defensively. And I think that that made Brooklyn's shot choice so much harder because whenever you have guys like Wesley is a known bona fide defender, like you, we've seen him lock up guys defensively to add that to Kobe Bufkin and how well he's played the perimeter defensively so far. What it was doing is it was making Brooklyn take a little bit worse of a quality shot. And that allowed the Hawks to get back into this game. Yep, uh, for sure. And then uh, Clint had a nice and one from from a Sadiq Bay dish when he was when he was driving to the rim. And this really really kind of got got the Hawks. This was their first run of consistent offensive production. That was a beautiful wraparound by Sadiq. Yeah. I mean, just slap beautiful. There, there's no really getting around it. Um, and then you have Dennis um, with a high five layover Capella. Man, man, I, Cap- Capella has been quite frustrating. I know he's still coming back from injury, and I'll, I'll, he had three turnovers in the first quarter. And something I noticed that he was doing was he would come down with the ball but he would never get it back up. It's like defenders know at this point, if he comes down with the ball, you're going to get it from him because he just can't get the ball back up without, you know, giving it up. Yeah, it was weird. And Dominique Wilkins always talks about it on the broadcast. He wasn't there tonight, but uh, talks about the big man keeping the ball high. And Capella tonight, he got offensive rebounds, but he brought the ball down and uh, all the little guys, the, the wings would slap down and that created some turnovers, uh, live ball turnovers for, for the Nets. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dennis Schroeder, that that high, really high layup over the uh, on the glass over Capella. Then another Cam Johnson three. Right after uh, the Hawks kind of got it to single digits, they go back up eleven, and then Dejounte Murray goes nuclear. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna hit every shot in the world right now. Uh, tough shot, easy shot, doesn't matter. I'm I'm going into the zone here." And he scores 14 points in the second quarter with two threes late uh, to take a 56 to 50 Nets lead into halftime. Uh, cutting this deficit to six when the Hawks were as down as they were in that first quarter was huge. One thing I wanted to talk about uh, at, at the halftime stats uh, DJ had 20, Cam Johnson had 18. He already hit five threes at halftime. Bogey Bay and JJ shot three of 20, but the Hawks were still only down six. You can live with those numbers. That That's really not that bad for the Hawks. You know, looking at it as a ballpark perspective, like it, it's one of those things where, if you're shooting that poor and you're only down six, you feel like the Hawks have a really good chance of flipping the switch and laws of averages say, you know, if you're shooting that bad at the beginning of the game, the second half of the game, you kind of level back out. But that was not the case for the Hawks in this one. No, and it was pretty evident early here. 
the Nets came out of the halftime locker room. What did they do? Fire up more threes. Cam Johnson hit a three. And he hit an early quick five points for – they stretch it back to 11, 65, 54 Nets. And then you've got Dennis Schroeder kind of going crazy against this former team here. Dennis and Cam really led the charge with two with two threes each after that, and they got up 77 to 63. Cam was 7 of 11 on threes. That's like there's there's no reason Cam Johnson should be getting up 11 threes in this game. Normally, I, I would say that that's average number, but it's not even remotely close. And I felt like the Hawks put bogey on Cam Johnson um, as his primary assignment during this game. And one thing that I've seen was bogey helping off too much. And we we noticed, like, we know that we've watched other teams do it with bogey. If they help off too much, you can't leave a good shooter too much space. And bogey just kept on leaving Cam Johnson too much space, and he just wasn't missing. And I, f- I, feel, like, I feel like the Hawks also helped a lot strong side corner. I mean, we've seen this uh, but with bogey specifically a few times during the season, but helping strong side corner is always, always almost always going to lead to trouble and, and an open three from the corner. I feel like feel like that's something that really, really hurt the Hawks tonight. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the, the Hawks have always had like a chronic issue with overhelping. Um, even going back to Lloyd Pierce, Nate McMillan, it, it's always been a thing where the Hawks just overhelp. And I, I don't <laughs> – like you can't point it on one player. The players have changed so much. It's not a player thing. Maybe it's just a mentality thing that they have, but it's, I, I, uh, <laughs> all right, you, you go, I'm frustrated about it now. At this point, it was three minutes left in the quarter. The Nets are outscoring the Hawks 27 to 15. And it's looking a lot like the first quarter, honestly, you know, that second quarter, the Hawks, the Hawks did outscore the Nets 34-22, you know, with that burst of scoring from DeJounte with JJ at center. Um, but this third quarter was a lot like the first. Um, ball was stagnant, re- really wasn't moving side to side. And it, it just looked like if DeJounte wasn't hitting tough shots, uh, nothing was going down. DeJounte, DeJounte in this game, we talked about in the previous game how his shooting numbers weren't really that great. But in this game, his shooting numbers were pretty, pretty low, to be honest with you. But in the last game, he had 11 assists. In this game, he only ends up with five assists. And I think that's part of what could have been the problem with the Hawks is he wasn't playmaking as much as he was looking to score in this one. You talk about like low as far as just like the number of attempts. Uh, I, th- I think the attempts are probably fine, but it just seems like, I mean, he shot, he had 19 attempts. He, I mean, he shot 11, 19, which isn't bad. And two of five is not bad, but, it's just 
for me, it was just he wasn't really looking to get other guys involved as much in this game. And then uh, it was really Bogey kind of injected a, a boost of energy there for the Hawks here in the third quarter. He went on a personal 9-2 run, and this was actually all his points. Bogey didn't make a shot in the first half, uh, but he had his 9 here. That cut the lead to 89-73. to and then kind of kind of a, a almost crazy sequence here to end the third quarter. Kobe Bufkin takes it all the way to the rim. A tough layup over Dayron Sharp. Uh, I think it was Dayron Sharp or Clax. I think it was Sharp, but that was a, that was nice to see. And then after that, the the Hawks get a stop, and Bogey almost hits this half court shot where he evades one defender, puts the ball behind his back, doesn't travel somehow, and almost makes it. Just bounce off the front of the rim from beyond half court. That would have been that would have been crazy, but regardless, even if that went in, the score would have been pretty lopsided. It was ninety four seventy five after the third quarter. That move by Bogey was nasty, though. And uh, I mean, there's no getting around it. He it needed, was. He just needed to uh, hit that shot to finish the clip. Yeah, and I mean, for for me. Whenever you have off nights like this from Bogey and JJ, and something I noticed with JJ in this game too, and we have it as you've listened to this podcast to this point, we haven't said Jalen Johnson's name very much. No. Uh, he he was very quiet in this game, and, and something I noticed from the beginning all the way to to the end where they pulled him in the fourth, he was very hesitant. Definitely to shoot the ball. Jalen hasn't been hesitant getting to the rim in a while. Like he he had a couple good bully moves in this game where he got to the rim, uses offhand, but he was really hesitant to shoot the ball from outside. And every time he he would hesitate, then shoot and brick. But then he would have a a pass on a wide open one with zero hesitation and nothing but the bottom of the net. It's, I, if if he could find a way to get rid of that, I think that that would bode really well for the Hawks as well. Um, going to the fourth, um, there was one possession. Jalen was at center, um, and the Hawks just decided not to rebound. I mean, that was one of the weirdest possessions ever. Um, they got four offensive rebounds in a row off of all poorly taken shots. Great defense from the Hawks, but the defensive possession never ends until the ball's rebounded, and they failed to do so. And then Dennis Smith Jr. ends up getting a bank shot off a pump fake, and I felt like that was – I know it's early in the fourth, but it was like a dagger. Like it was just one of those things where, yeah, there's nothing the Hawks could do to beat beat Brooklyn. Uh, It looked looked like that was kind of like a microcosm of the game. Uh, honestly, and that was almost a full minute possession right there. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, at this point, the Nets are 18 of 39 from deep. The Hawks, 7 of 24. And it's just uh, those numbers are not going to cut it. And then what adding insult to injury, the Hawks started to turn the ball over at the beginning of the fourth. The Nets almost extended this to a 30-point lead, 107 to 80. And they did manage it to get to 30. But something happened at the end of this one that just like, uh, 
like uh, this is a total Hawks thing right here. Um, Sharp, Brooklyn center, has made two threes. He's two of 13 of the season before this game and hits back-to-back threes, then comes down and gets a block on Clint Capella. Like, after that, you change the channel and, you know, it was the Hawks gave it a good old try. Yeah, that 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 sequence right there happened with just over six minutes left. It was 115 to 84, and then we had garbage time for about five minutes for the rest of the game. But so Trent, Trent Forrest did play in his first game back, but it just wasn't under uh, the right circumstances. Going into the box score, um, of course, we talked about Trent Forrest. Uh, he had five minutes of garbage time. He went over one from the field. Really no counting stats besides one assist. Um, moving to Wesley Matthews, though, 13 minutes, two of two from the field, one one of one from deep, over one from the free throw line, five rebounds, two blocks, five points. I thought Wesley was like a spark plug coming in this game, definitely defensively in that first half. Yeah, yeah I thought he was pretty good in his minutes for sure. Um, and it, he, when his name was called, he was ready. And this was a 10-man rotation from Quinn Snyder, uh, not counting Trent Forrest, which was definitely a surprise to be sure because we haven't uh, had that recently. For Garrison, 11 minutes, 0-4 from the field, 0-3 from deep, three rebounds, one assist, no points. Uh, I didn't think Garrison was that that great tonight. No, it definitely wasn't Garrison's best night. Um, Moving to Bruno Fernando, 18 minutes, one of three from the field, three rebounds, one assist, two steals, two points. Bruno really struggled in this game as well. Um, I felt like this is probably Bruno's worst game since um, the absence of Anyeka Okongwu. And... Uh, it happened on a night where probably the Hawks needed him. Yeah, uh, it, he's been playing well ever since Capella and Onyeka really kind of got out of the rotation, but this was uh, one of those nights where he he did not have it. Moving to Kobe Bufkin, 19 minutes, 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 5 from deep, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 12 points. I thought Kobe played pretty well. Uh, defensively, he was one of the few bright spots. And it's nice to see him get up 11 shots in in the minutes that he played, being more and more aggressive as he sort of sees more time on the court. Yeah, for Kobe, 18 minutes is nice, almost 19 minutes. Um, probably five of those are minutes that maybe he doesn't play, but that's still uh, upage in minutes compared to his last game. So that's a positive sign for, for me um, because – Kobe defensively has been really, really good uh, in all of the all of these games he's played with the absence of Trey Young. Moving to DeAndre Hunter, twenty six minutes, four of eight from the field, one of three from deep, three or four from the free throw line, one steal, twelve points. I felt like DeAndre was okay in this game, but he didn't seem to be attacking like um, he has over this stretch where he's been coming off the bench. And I also don't think that the Hawks passing probably helped him as much in this game as it probably did against Orlando 
or the recent game against Utah where the lack of ball movement just kind of finds Hunter um, being stagnant in the corner every once in a while. Moving to Clint Capella, 21 minutes, three or four from the field, one of one from the line, six rebounds, one assist, four blocks, seven points. Uh, I thought Clint, it, it was a tale of two sides of the ball. I thought, I, you know, three or four from the field is encouraging, but, you know, the four turnovers are, aren't good. He was in a little bit of foul trouble. The minutes were low, uh, but the four blocks are nice. And I thought he played a pretty good defensive game. Um, the Nets were able to get into the paint a lot. And, you know, obviously it's not fair to him to have to come over and help every single drive. But I thought on most of them, I thought he did a pretty good job. And, and he defended Claxton pretty well. I thought he did okay defensively. Offensively, four turnovers. Uh, that's a little iffy for me. Um, moving to Sadiq Bay, 30 minutes, two of nine from the field, over two from deep, two of two from the free throw line. Five rebounds, three assists, six points. Sadiq struggled in this one. No, I mean, there's no getting around it. Um, he just didn't have it tonight. Yeah, and pro probably I'd say the same for Bogey here. 32 minutes, four of 13 from the field, one of five from deep, two of two from the line, three three rebounds, three assists, 11 points. You know, that efficiency is rough there from Bogey. Uh, defensively, it, it, it wasn't a great night. And, yeah, overall, pretty, pretty struggled pretty mightily. Moving to Jalen Johnson, 32 minutes, 5 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from deep, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks, 14 points. Jalen struggled in this one. Um, and, you know, a little bit of growing pains probably, but the, the Brooklyn Nets do have good wing defenders. So, um, the Hawks get to play Brooklyn again on Saturday. So uh, hopefully Jalen can, you know, build off of this one, kind of take some notes and come back with something different that Brooklyn hasn't seen. Yeah, I thought defensively it was particularly rough from Jalen tonight. Uh, guarding Cam Johnson uh, and then he once Bogey switched on him either, he, he couldn't he couldn't guard him either. So um, a rare, rare off night defensively from Jalen. And then we've got the player of the game for the Hawks. DeJounte Murray, 32 minutes, 11 of 19 shooting, 2 of 5 from downtown, 4 of 7 from the line. That's that's weird for DeJounte, um, not, not making his free throws. But 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 28 points. Uh, DeJounte was really good in that second quarter uh, with with that, that flurry 10-0 run there. Um, he finished with 28 points. I thought overall, offensively, he shot well, but the ball didn't move a lot, I felt like, overall with the Hawks. And DeJounte being the point guard – um, I just thought we needed um, there needed to be a little bit of more side to side ball movement and and kind of making deep, making Brooklyn uh, move their legs, work on defense a little bit more as far as just getting and that would allow the Hawks to get easier shots. Well, something I wanted to bring up um, while we were talking about Dejounte and the five assist, um, and, and I'm going to bring up Trey Young. Um, Trey Young has stated time and time again his job is to get his teammates involved and then find his shot. I felt like in this one, DJ didn't do that as much. I felt like DJ called his number um, more than finding his teammates. But in the previous game against Utah, 
He found his teammates, then called his number. Uh, I think that DeJounte needs to find a a balance of finding his teammates and then, you know, calling his own number. And then we've got uh, we've got the Hawks taking on the Brooklyn Nets again in Brooklyn uh, on Saturday. Uh, so we'll see if the Hawks can kind of get some payback here uh, and and try to try to get another win on the road. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.